Hello, hi everybody. Welcome to Football in General. It's Rob Case and Trevor Koppel. Trevor, welcome to the NFL Playoff Week, my friend. Are you stoked? Because I know you won your games, correct? Oh, well, I, uh, I did make the fantasy playoffs. I uh, unfortunately didn't win uh, one of my matchups, which would have really helped out a buddy. Uh, R.I.P. to the uh, Silver Plume Slingers. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody knows that team. On this oh, podcast. yeah. <laughs> Very notable name. Silver Plume Slingers. You know, uh, kind of a double entendre. I don't know what they call that. Is there like a special word where it's like Silver Plume? Sl- you know what I mean? There's like a some sort of I don't, neurological niceness to that. Silver Plume Slingers. Innuendo. Oh, oh you mean alliteration. There we go. There, there it is. Yeah. There it is, folks. You have not only do you get the best NFL coverage on this podcast, and the most handsome co-host, and the most, the least stereotypical, chubby white guy with beards <laughs> podcast topic of all time, but you also get a great education, better than any education you'll get in college right now for forty thousand dollars. You can just not have to buy anything on this podcast. Maybe when we come out with merch, you can buy a $20 shirt if that's what they cost to screen front on these days. <laughs> and and you don't have to worry about anything else in your life. We take care of it for you. Alliteration, the word of the day. See how many times we can use it today. Well, as we were going to before, fantasy football playoffs start this week, my friends. Before we get into the action, there's 16 games. I'm not going to take up a lot of time stirring the gravy tonight, but do you have any pointers for people out there who are struggling with their first week of fantasy football. Maybe it's their first time ever being in the playoffs. Maybe it's their second time. Maybe there's just a lot of anxiety about what they'll do. What is your opinion? Do you have any advice? So my advice is, you know, this is this is a one-and-done scenario. Um, Possibly. So, you know, through, through the stretch, uh, you know, I've been saying, don't go away from what works. Um, <clears> this... <throat> This is the point where you know what works and you know what isn't, and you got to roll the dice on fixing what's not working. So, you know, find yourself a, a long shot that's just you know with with good upside potential to replace that that dead spot on the roster. That was the most like benign, sterile <laughs> advice you could have given him, Trevor. Keep doing what works. What's that? Was that we got hey, that two that weeks in a row? First half what is of what that? I said. I'm saying replace the duds. You Golly. know what your duds are. It's obvious. Get, get, I mean, it's get obvious. somebody in there that has a chance. I'll tell you what. Here's your advice. Listen to this podcast every week. That's one. Number two. Um, <clears throat> this is probably a time of the year you don't want to. Well, maybe you do, but I was I would say specifically for two positions: wide receiver and running back, where you want to keep an eye on the waiver wire because what happens is this time of the year is that people. Like, if you're in 12-team league, eight of them will bow out, and they'll just start, like, fleecing their, their roster for one reason or the other because they don't care anymore, or they're resentful, or they lost six weeks in a row, and they don't get, they just, they're just over it. Nobody in this podcast has lost six in a row and missed the playoffs after previously being in a number one seed. Nobody. Nobody in particular. Nobody talking. That doesn't happen here. We're experts. So, <clears throat> with that being said, it's good to comb the waiver wire, but not rely on it too much. Trevor said you go back to doing what works. I say that if you got a good matchup, you exploit it. You really look at the matchups as opposed to just playing the players week to week because you're just trying to get into trying to get by the buy. You're trying to get by this. You just you think that Josh Jacobs on a hot streak can go good against anybody. <clears throat> no, this is where it's time to really get into the details. And if there's a team 
playing another team that has a really good defense or the FPA is really low or what have you, or it's just not a good matchup like position-wise, this is a time where you really look at your roster. As Trev says, cut the fat, keep the muscle, baby, right? Isn't that what you just said? Okay, putting words in his mouth, but that's all right. That's what we do here. But we insert the words right under your tongue. So with that being said, we have a long show today. There's 16 games. I won't take up too much of your time with any just, I don't know, horseradish or extra mustard or any relish that you don't want on this hot dog today. Because you know what does go well on a hot dog, Trevor? <laughs> gravy, man. You ever had gravy on a hot dog before? First off. <laughs> okay. Maybe I maybe I, I live in Tucson. Maybe you know, Sonoran hot dogs are getting kind of weird these days. But I'm telling you, gravy on a hot dog it soaks right into the bread. Put it right on the hot dog. Nice little thin layer. Put some ketchup on top. Beef gravy and ketchup is the best thing you can ever have on a hot dog. Now, with that being said, I don't have much on the waiver wire this week, as I mentioned in last week's episode. Um, I wasn't going to take up a lot of time with the waiver wire because I don't think it's very relevant at the point of the season we're in now. But I do want to mention a couple guys' names. Trevor's boy, this is a guy he, Trevor's had a long eye on. He met him in person. He signed his left butt cheek. Trevor signed Jarek McKinnon's left butt cheek. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> Jarek McKinnon is rostering 58% of leagues. He had a big coming out game last week. I mentioned him maybe like three or four weeks ago as a guy you just keep an eye on. He's kind of a lottery ticket, meaning that like we don't really know what we're going to get at him, but he's going against Houston this week, 32nd in FBA and running backs. Um, I presume he's going to play pretty well for Kansas City. Um, 32 PPR, PPR points against the Broncos. They have them in week 17. They got Vegas in week 18. The odds are that Jarek McKinnon's going to get a lot of fancy output, and I think he's worth picking up, rostered in 58% of leagues. So that is one, Jarek McKinnon. Number two, and I'm trying to find his name, folks. Give me just a second. Well, I guess this is kind of a tie, but nonetheless, I, I like them both. Um, Zay Jones, Jacksonville Jaguars, Trevor Lawrence, man. My God, my goodness. I don't know if he's available in any of your leagues. I think he's like QB7 right now, so probably not. But I was calling an, a rise for him in the beginning of the year, if you remember correctly. Um, and then into the middle of the season, I gave him some guff. He got better because he heard me talking crap about him. Clearly, he just needed a little bit of ether. <laughs> Zay Jones going against the Dallas Cowboys this week, the Jacksonville Jaguars, 17th in FPA. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, I think, had 375 and four touchdowns, one on the ground last week. They're going to be throwing the ball a lot. At this point, it's just developing Trevor Lawrence. Zay Jones, 61% of leagues he's rostered in, uh, 46 targets in the past four games. 46 targets in the last four games. Scored at least 14 PPR points in three games over that span. Um, better, he's been a better re- fantasy receiver than Christian Kirk in that same span. 46 targets. This is We're talking about yeah, Zay Jones. When you're averaging over 10 targets a game, that's, that's huge in fantasy land. Massive. It's like Calvin Johnson level. This is Zay Jones we're talking about. And then um, I mentioned, well, I guess you can go twofold on this one, but I still like the Detroit Lions offense. We saw what they did against Minnesota last week. Um, I presume they're getting better every game. DJ Chark, Jamison Williams, both rostered under 50% of leagues. Um, two guys are on the come up. Jamison Williams caught a touchdown last week. It looked really dynamic in what they did with him. Uh, DJ Chark, three touchdowns in the last three games. Uh, 14 PPR points in the last two outings with at least 94 receiving yards. So if you're looking for a good matchup on the flex or somebody got hurt, 
Something weird's happening with your roster. You're in the playoffs. Those three guys are worth picking up. And as I mentioned last week, I'm going to sprinkle in the rest of the gravy with your, with the, well, with the games previewing as I usually do. There'll be a little bit more focus on the position players. Trevor, I'm ready. Are you ready? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> now, with that being said, you know our format. We have 16 games. We're going to go through the, the top eight. We're going to take the other eight and sort of, um, well, we're going to speed run them. So, if we, for those of you who play Celeste or any. Metroidvania out there, or some, I don't know, Super Mario, you know what speedrunning is. I won't explain it. We're going to talk really, probably a little fast. Trevor, he likes to take his time. We're going to speed him up. Put him on. The, <laughs> we're going to put him in the VCR. We're going to hit fast forward. So, with that being said, Trevor, we have Saturday games. Is it is it not the best time of the year when you get the NFL on Saturday? I love Saturday NFL games. I love Freaking it. Freaking awesome, man. Now, we get the games on Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday. So, to lead off, you're the Trevor-led Minnesota Vikings taking on the Indianapolis Colts. The Vikings are a four-point favorite, over-under is 47.5. Colts are in free fall, and the Vikings need to, need to, well, they need to win here, and I assume they're going against a really bad, well, actually a pretty good indie defense, man. <clears throat> what, do you, what is your prediction for this one? So I, I like this matchup a lot. I think this is the week that the Vikings uh, clinch their division. Um, they're back at home, which is a, a big, big advantage for them. Um, the Colts' defense is good, but uh, you know the the strength of the Vikings right now is definitely this Kevin O'Connell offense uh, and the way he's got Kirk Cousins playing and spreading the ball around. Everybody's making plays. Um, there's not a defense in the league <clears throat> that I wouldn't start Justin Jefferson against. Um, so I like this game a lot. There's also been a lot of chat this week in the Vikings community about making some pretty big changes to the defensive scheme. Um, I'll believe it when I see it, but those are the rumblings. Um, but uh, when it comes to the line, uh, I, I think this is one of the easier uh, matchups to bet where the line sits right now. I would definitely take Minnesota to beat the spread. Um, the over-under, the way the Vikings defense has been playing, I'm taking the over. Um, I don't think that they're going to shut the Colts out and uh, and keep this uh, under 47 and a half. So uh, this this is an easy one for me. It's definitely Minnesota to beat the spread, taking the over. Yeah, <clears throat> I think you made a good point on the Minnesota Vikings' futility on defense. I mean, it's going to be a surprising day from Matt Ryan. I think specifically from the receivers, Michael Pittman and Alec Pierce, uh, they're going against the third-worst defense for FPA. So if you're looking for a nice matchup here, Indianapolis wide receivers against the, the Minnesota yeah. defense. And then Justin Jefferson, I mean, what, 11 catches for 230 last week? Oh, yeah, the, the, which is just incredible. Um, but a little, little fun stat on the Vikings defense. They have allowed over 400 <laughs> yards in their last four games each. Uh, that is uh, impressively bad defense. Um, so, yeah, I'd, I'd, start, I'd start everybody in this game. Sneaky play for Dalvin Cook, Indianapolis Colts defense, one of the worst in FPA against running backs, allowed the six most receiving yards for running backs, the second most receptions for running backs. So PPR, keep an eye out for that. Moving on. <clears throat> well, Saturday night football. I love, to, I love saying that, Saturday night football. It's got a nice ring to it. Miami Dolphins at the Buffalo Bills, seven-and-a-half point favorite to Buffalo, over under 44. It's... Um, can Miami play in the cold? I don't know if you saw some of this stuff this week, but 
Well, there was a lot of questions about it. It's supposed to be snowing. Um, and Mike McDaniel was wearing a shirt that said, bring on the cold or something like that at practice. It was supposed to be funny. Yeah, it's funny. It's funny. He's a funny guy. So, flash forward a couple of days. Here we are on Saturday night. And most people think Miami's going to get blown out here. Seven and a half point favorite, hence the, the line for Buffalo. What do you think, sir? So, I, I understand where, uh, where the line's coming from. The Bills at home in December. Uh, the Dolphins' running game has has been a little non-existent lately, um, but uh, I I think that this is uh, one of those you know division games that uh, is going to come down to it. So I, I I do take the Bills to win at home, but I'm going to take the Dolphins to cover the spread. I don't think the Buffalo wins by a touchdown. I think it's tighter than that. Um, you know, even if they won by a touchdown. Uh, the Dolphins will have covered the spread. And the over-under 44, that's the tougher one because it is a cold-weather game. My gut says over, though. I think uh, I think we'll see a lot of second-half points here. Um, but uh, ultimately, it's going to be a home team victory uh, by less than a touchdown. And uh, Miami is 3-4 and four on the road. Uh, most recently lost against the Chargers, where their offense looked terrible. I mean, no running game. Don't expect it to get going here against Buffalo either. But if I had to bet one one position for Miami, um, it would be tight end where Buffalo, and I'm looking at the stat here, and I could have looked at the wrong one. I'm sorry, folks. Give me just a second. Buffalo is, where is that stat? Why can't I find it? Okay, maybe it's not tight end. I'm sorry. It's <laughs> wide receiver. My bad. <clears throat> Excuse me. One, they're middle of the road in terms of FPA for wide receivers, allowing 12 touchdowns. That's tied for fourth worst. Um, I would honestly, you know, Tyree Kill is an obvious one, but um, I don't know why. Part of me feels like Trent Sherfield's a good flex play. I don't know what's going on with Jalen Waddle. I think that injuries affect him a lot. In the last three weeks, he's wide receiver 68. So I might not start him this week if you don't have to. I just don't. I don't think it's going to get any better against Buffalo on the road. So. Right. It's I, sad. I, I think uh I think they're gonna find a way to get him in the game. Um I don't think he's gonna be uh a big PPR uh, uh you know impact this week. But I, I'm expecting them to, to do like some end arounds with uh with Waddle this week. I think they're gonna hmm. try to get the ball in the playmakers' hands in ways that you haven't seen yet this <clears throat> season. Um you know, I, I think they're gonna pull out all the stops in this one. Well, Buffalo's trying to get their win back. Did you know, uh, what was that, week three or two they played? It was early in the season. It was like 125 degrees on the Buffalo sideline in Miami. Yes, I, I, I had no idea. Crazy. It's been that way since crazy. they built that stadium, but I only found out this season that it can have as much as like a 30-degree difference in temperature for the uh, home team sideline and the visiting sideline, which is just brilliant. <laughs> yeah, I, if I was Buffalo, I'd pull those heaters. From the get-go, you know? Yeah. So that is that is insane. And Buffalo on a Saturday night, I'm sorry. That's that's just a ruckus crowd. Um, a lot of tables will be broken, folks. If you're looking to buy a table in the Buffalo area, you may not have a choice. But to get, um, well, to wait, probably. <laughs> sorry. No, 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 no foldable tables on Christmas this year. Sorry. And nothing else, for that matter. All right. Next game, the well, we're moving our head to Sunday. This is the Detroit Lions at the New York Jets. One and a half point favorite to the Jets. Over under forty four and a half. 
Well, Detroit's on the come up, man, and they've looked good. Jerry Goff has kind of looked like a Pro Bowl quarterback the last like three or four weeks, and here we are. They've, they're winners of five out of last six. They almost beat Buffalo on Thanksgiving. Um, somehow, New York's still favored, even with Mike White being limited, and maybe not may not be able to play. So, what did, what yeah. you say? You what say? I you? was I was just talking to somebody about Jared Goff uh, earlier today. He he's de- you know every year we get one of these quarterbacks that at the end of the season has you know, almost MVP-level statistics, but nobody was talking about him. Uh, this year, it's Jared Goff. Um, he's he's quarterbacking one of the best, most productive offenses in the league this year. Um, the, the, the Lions, Dan Campbell, they have turned a corner. They are uh, not to be slept on. And uh, this is my first upset of the week, uh, only technically when you're favored by one and a half points. Uh, anything less than three is basically a pick 'em, uh, but I'm taking the Lions to win this one on the road in New York. Um, I just think they have so much momentum right now, and the the chemistry between Goff and his receivers is is right up there. Um, I do think it's going to be a tough, high scoring game. Both teams know how to play defense. The Jets uh, have a, a really great defense, but. Uh, but, yeah, I, I think the Lions are playing really physical, tight football. They're not making a lot of mistakes. Uh, so I take the Lions to win this one in an upset, and I'm going to take the over on the 44-and-a-half. Arguably one of the best offensive lines in the league for the Lions, Taylor Decker and Penny Sewell. Penny Sewell caught a pass last week. For, oh, yeah, don't remind down. me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah I, was, so. I was watching. Um, it, was, yeah. it was incredible. Um, and they yeah. uh, what they had, like, uh, uh, a fake punt that was successful. Um, they're just, uh, they're playing really good football right now. Uh, so I'm going to go with the hot hand and take the Lions to win. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, New York, like I said, Mike White might be out. Uh, but if you said Detroit, good, good defense. Only thing I would say across the board in FPA, they're the worst at every position. <laughs> so no, no, no. They, be- so they, they don't have a good defense on the year, but, but these last five, six weeks, they play it's, better. Uh, yeah. it's really been better. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I guess you can make that case, but for sure, um, Aiden Hutchinson's been really good uh, with the Jets' offensive line that's been hurt um, in a couple of the key positions, and no running backs. I mean, but Zonovan Knight's been RB nine the last three weeks, I believe. So um, looking at Zonovan Knight, Garrett Wilson's been wide receiver ten. He's been really good. So if you have both those guys, start him. Um, Zach Wilson can make a start. I, 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 yeah, I don't know what's going to happen there, but. I, if I was me with the Lions, I I mentioned two guys earlier um, who I really like. Maybe not this week as the Jets, but if you're in a if you're in a format where you play division round two weeks in a row, which I think is becoming the norm. And you know, if you want to listen to my rant about that, you can go ahead and, and pop open. I think it was like episode forty from last year, so <laughs> <laughs> or thirty or something. I don't know if you remember me going off on that. But oh, I do. <laughs> uh, I don't think we need to reserve time for it. I think it's a really stupid format, and I don't understand why you do it. But to each their own, because whatever. That's fantasy football, so every league is different. Moving on. Well, this will be a fun game. It's uh, Jerry World, Dallas Cowboys at the Jacksonville Jaguars, a four-point favorite to Dallas, 47.5 over under. Jacksonville and Detroit Lions, man, in the same boat, playing really good football lately against some really good teams. And Trevor Lawrence is probably at the hottest hand. In football, with a quarterback position, one of them, top three, probably or four, right now. Next to Brock Purdy, of course. What do you think is likely to happen here in Jacksonville? 
what I think is going to happen is that uh, the Cowboys are going to bounce back big Ooh. from from nearly uh, falling into a trap game last week with the Texans. Uh, and that is what I see that as. They survived a trap game. I don't think that last week's performance is indicative of, of their team. Um, so I think the Cowboys are going to come out with their foot on the gas and just play the football that, that we had been seeing from, from uh, the Cowboys. Uh, so this is another one of those where I, I'd, uh, I might bet the farm on the Cowboys beating the spread. Um, Jeez. I, just, I, I, I think it's, it's an easy one. Uh, Dallas is going to win by more than four points, um, and I am going to. Mm, I am going to take the over on this one. I think the Dallas defense is really solid, um, but uh, Trevor Lawrence, uh, you know uh, Etienne, um, they're all playing really good football right now. So I do think that the Jaguars will stay in this game, um, at least you know for most of it. But uh, yeah, Dallas to win by more than four. And taking the over. Okay. Well, <clears throat> it's not a. I mean, it's not a great Jacksonville defense, but they forced they forced turnovers like we saw they did last week against Tennessee. I mean, I saw Derrick Henry fumble the football the first time probably ever in my eyes. You know, got popped right. in the sideline. Ball came out. That was basically the end of the game, Tennessee. <laughs> I mean, I don't think they got close to the to the end zone after that. I, I really don't think they did. So, nonetheless, um, one of the worst running back. FPAs in the league for Jacksonville. They allow 25 points per game for the running back position. So if you're looking to start Tony Pollard or Zeke Elliott, Tony Pollard's had an amazing year. Uh, I would say both of them are definitely worth starting in the flex or the RB1 positions. In addition to that, um, Jacksonville for the receivers, man. So you got CeeDee Lamb. I think he's going to bounce back this week big time. This is a Jacksonville defense that's allowed 16 touchdowns to receivers this year, second worst in the NFL. Um, in regards to red zone defense, one of the worst deep red zone defenses in the NFL. So it's a bad combination. If you get a star receiver who's big, athletic, and then you have two running backs that are really good, if you have a bad red zone defense, it's going to be a long day for you. I agree with Trevor. It's a Dallas win, but I think Jacksonville's going to hang in there, man. Something about it. I mean, Dallas one of the worst FBA teams in terms of defense. I know it doesn't translate in terms of film, but they've allowed 14 touchdowns in the air, 2,000 yards to receivers. So I said Zay Jones. They're 17th in FBA, you know, uh, I think, right? I did say that earlier. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm saying well, they're one of the worst in terms of touchdowns. I like Zay Jones. I still like um, Christian Kirk. And Evan Ingram came out last week and had 33 points. So if you need tight end position help, if he's available, I'd pick him up. Even if he gets you 10, it's like better than like 95% of the league right now at the tight end position. So... Nonetheless, we're moving on because this game has a lot of implications and it's an interesting line and I, and I don't really know how to even think about this team. Not the first team, the second team. Well, we'll just talk about it. It's New England Patriots at the Las Vegas Raiders. It's a one-point favorite to Vegas. We already know Vegas's, uh, you know bias about it, 44.5 over under. It's Josh McDaniels playing his old team in New England. And uh, Mac Jones may say the F word again. So what's the line on that? <laughs> yeah, this this is one of the more compelling matchups and lines that we have this week. Um, this is one I'm going to call for you, but this is not one uh, that I would put my money on, mostly because we never know which Raiders team we're going to get. Um, they have 
you know, the the ability to put up big points and play good defense is there. Um, but it's so hit and miss. Um, you know, I, I, I got to take the Patriots to upset. It's another technical upset. Um, I, I like the Patriots in this game. Uh, I think they're going to do uh, what we're used to seeing from them. I, I think they're going to take away Devontae Adams, um, which which really is the, the heart and soul of that Raiders offense. Um, and I think we're going to see a lot of good running uh, between the tackle running from the Patriots um, to really, you know, control the pace of this game. And at the end of the day, um, it's just a real coaching mismatch. Uh, so I got to take the Patriots here uh, unless they can't. St- the, the, the only way the Raiders win this game, in my opinion, is if the Patriots can't stop Devontae Adams, which is possible. Um, it, you know, Devontae Adams can look unstoppable, one week and very pedestrian the next. So it's, it's really tough to know what to expect out of this Raiders team. Um, but, uh, but my gut says the Patriots slow the game down, uh, take control of the game and, uh, come out winning. Um, look, Josh Jacobs has been great. Excuse me. Uh, it's a vulnerable Patriots defense as far as I'm concerned between the tackles, uh, Look, they just don't have great defensive tackles. They really don't. Christian Barmer will be back this week, and that'll be a big uh, return for the defensive line. Otherwise, uh, is a team that got gashed by James Conner last week. And the week before that in Buffalo, they got James, they got James Cook going, Devin Singletary. Um, the week before that, who they lose against? Minnesota, Dalvin Cook. I mean, they shut him down, but he's had an off year. So I, I expect Josh Jacobs to have a big day, honestly. And I know FPA, if you look at the Patriots and even stats, or what have you, um, they're lower in all the categories, but DVOA, they're middle of the road in terms of a lot of defensive stats. DVOA is like a, some sort of nerd stat that I can't explain. So I'll just use it because I sound like I'm a nerd anyway. So, <laughs> and whatever, right? And <clears throat> I don't know how they'll stop Devontae Adams. You said they'll stop him? I, I mean, no, I'm, Jones... I'm, ex- I'm expecting them to uh, prioritize stopping Devontae Adams. He's, he's the one that the game can really get away with uh, when, when that connection's working. Um, Josh Jacobs is probably the best game plan for the Raiders because um, he's going to move the ball well, keep them on the field. Um, I, I know he's – I think he's the league leader right now in rushing yards, uh, but I haven't kept an eye on uh, his nose for the end zone. Um, Eleven touch. They, how many? Eleven. Eleven. Uh, that's pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah. Uh, but uh, no, I, I, I think uh, I think this is the the Patriots' week, and uh, yeah, I, I'll be surprised if they can shut Josh Jacobs down completely. Um, but uh, I think uh, I think the Patriots are going to control the clock here, and uh, yeah, yeah, I don't have much more than that. <laughs> Belichick, I think, has lost the last four games against former assistants. If I'm not mistaken, uh, it could be even more, but or less. <laughs> Or less. <laughs> <laughs> right? But uh, I know it's not good. I'm trying to think who he played last year and the year before he lost to. I know he lost against oh, Patricia. Woof. And then um, I don't know who they played. Oh, uh, Flores. Flores had his number two years, two games in a row last year. So it's not good. I mean, Josh McDaniels was there for a while. I, I wouldn't be surprised if this was really close. Um and I only don't mean to go into this huge analysis about this game, but I'm just, I think, very intrigued by it. I think it's going to have a lot of implications 
just as much as the next game. Trevor, it's Tennessee Titans at the L.A. Chargers. L.A. Chargers three-point favorite, over under 46-and-a-half. Uh, you know, you know the funny part about this, Tennessee loses this. They're still, like, well in first place in their division. I know. <laughs> it's so bad. It's um, just brutal. Brutal. It's the only thing I can put it. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I got to agree with Vegas here. I like the Chargers to win a close one. Uh, Three-point spread. I will take the Chargers to beat the spread. Um, but uh, but that's close. Um, yeah, man. The, the the These two seven and six teams, you know, Three weeks ago, I might have easily taken the Titans, uh, but right now, you know, the the Titans are in a in a spiral, and the Chargers have uh, finally got some offense clicking. Um, so yeah, I like the Chargers to win this one at home, and uh, you know, the Chargers could be sneaking into the playoffs. <clears throat> Chargers have allowed seventeen hundred yards on the ground this year. It's second worst in the NFL. Eleven touchdowns allowed. Um, going against Derrick Henry. Sorry. Um, just, they're going to be running the ball a lot, man, in this game. And Dontrell Hilliard, mentioned him earlier in the year as a waiver wire pickup. Expect him to get some carries here, too. Especially trying to keep Henry, I don't know what you want to call him, uh, just not being hit a lot. <laughs> Safe? <laughs> protected? You know, I don't know what to say. I just don't think Chargers have a good defensive line. they got good safeties and decent corners. Um, it's an interesting matchup because Tennessee's terrible against the pass. And the Chargers are tail against the run, so yeah, that's why I think it'll be a pretty close one. Weird, um, yeah. but but basically, you know, you, you talk about you know this, these mismatches, and uh, one of them uh, is just a lot faster uh, scoring. You know, what I mean, I, I've got to take the advantage yeah. uh, passing game over the advantage run game. Um, so yeah, I like the Chargers to uh, come out on top here. For sure. Justin Herbert, um, Keenan Allen, and Mike Williams is back this this week. And Chargers should be getting something going, but you never know with that coach. They should be getting something going. So <laughs> we'll, we'll keep an eye on them moving forward. Going to the Cincinnati Bengals at the Buccaneers, man. Tampa's falling off. Three-and-a-half-point favorite Cincy over under 44. Could be a potential Super Bowl matchup, you might say, before the year. Tennessee, another, another team that... It doesn't matter if they really lose here. I mean, it really doesn't because I doubt Atlanta will win starting a rookie quarterback. Um, yeah, I, I I don't know what to say. They, they're just not a good team this year. And they're going against Cincy, who's probably the hottest team in the league. I, outside I, of Philly. I, I would definitely agree. Um, right now, um, not to go off on a tangent too much here, but if I were to predict a Super Bowl at this point, it would be Bengals over Eagles. Um I just think the Bengals are playing amazing football right now. Um, you've already heard me talk on this podcast about losing your number one wide receiver, losing your number one running back, and not even slowing down. Um, so I definitely uh, definitely got to take the Bengals here. Um, I take them to beat that spread. I think the Bengals win by a touchdown at least. Um, it's just, you know, there's just no I, – I just don't see how the Buccaneers can keep pace – with what the Bengals can do on offense, and they do it against everyone. Um, you know, the only way to beat the Bengals is to out-bangle them, to outscore them, because you're not slowing down Joe Burrow, not right now, uh, not with all the weapons and the way everything's clicking. So, yeah, I'm taking the Bengals to win. going to take the over. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, I mean, I, that's that's a good point. I mean, I mean, Tampa would be 6-8, and eight, and somehow Tom Brady will make it to the NFC Championship game this year. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. can almost guarantee it. It's... Pretty wild to think about that he's 
just that damn good and his team is that damn bad, but he's been affected by their play and been frustrated. And it's just it's a strange situation to watch down in Tampa. But nonetheless, uh, Jamar Chase is back. Big impact on the offense last week. T. Higgins uh, got hurt, I think, right? Isn't he, isn't he injured? I'm pretty sure he is. He got I, yeah, I, first play I of the game. I don't know if he's yeah. out this week, though, is he? I don't I don't know. Yeah. I, just, I remember thinking it was one of those things. But regardless, I, I, I just got yeah, just got done. Well, if it's a hamstring, they should keep him out because uh, those hamstrings are so tricky. Um, sure. And the, the Bengals, like, they, they were fine without Jamar Chase. They'll be fine without T. Higgins. Yeah. <laughs> so, but with that being said, without in this game, they could be without Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins, and Hayden Hurst. So three of the four top targets in Cincinnati may not play this week. I don't know uh, if that changes anything, but um, nonetheless, it's uh, something worth keeping an eye on <laughs> moving forward. Uh, so I think, um, I think with no. that offense, with that quarterback, uh, and and having both running backs healthy, which I think they'll see a pretty even mm-hmm. dose of at this point in the season, sure. uh, I still think the the Bengals are a juggernaut right now. Yeah. Um, uh, Burrow's playing amazing. He has Jamar Chase back. I wouldn't be too worried. The offensive line looks good. Um, Tampa's just a mess. A- absolute mess. Um, but, you know, those probably still win the division and end up in the NFC Championship game somehow. So. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to Sunday night. God. A team. Oh, boy, oh, boy. You know what? Before I talk about this game, well, I'm, I guess, talking about it right now, but this is, this is literally two teams we saw two weeks ago that tied. And now they're on Sunday Night Football. They flexed them into the spot. This is just brutal. Anyway, over under 40. It's, it's the New York Giants at the Washington Commanders. Over under 40 and a half. Uh, four and a half point favorite to Washington. Yeah, the Commanders have been on a tear. I, I just don't know if I want to see two teams that tied in just a really sloppy game a couple weeks ago. And Saquon Barkley, um, he's been terrible. Terrible. I think I, I read a stat today that 30 yards in the past uh, four games he's averaging. They're one and three in those games, not surprisingly. Washington, winners of their six of the last eight, tie against New York the last time they played. Even beat Philadelphia in that, that run. You know, it's it's uh, it's interesting. They've got a really good defensive line, um, good linebackers. I I guess I'm anticipating another tie. <laughs> no, I was, I was going to say, can I can I call another tie? Um, I sure could. Uh, that would just yeah. be the, the best possible outcome here for uh, – for third-party spectators, um, but uh, uh, seriously, I, I definitely agree with Vegas on this. I think the Commanders playing at home, um, I, I think that they've just got a higher ceiling than the Giants do with all the pieces in place. Um, so yeah, I got to take Washington to win. Um, the spread is tricky uh, because this could be you know a field goal win, a three-point win. Um, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna take the Giants to keep it close. Um uh, so I'm gonna take the Giants to cover the spread. But I like Washington to win. And uh forty and a half over under is ooh, that's that feels low to me. I think uh I think the commanders will push it over that. Yeah. Yeah, tricky tricky uh over under. Did you say tie? Who'd you pick? Well, I, I joked about tie. I'm I'm oh, taking okay. the taking the commanders to win. Gotcha. Um, gotcha. I wouldn't be surprised if the Commanders beat the spread, but this was such a close game last time that I got to take the Giants to cover the spread. 
Yeah, it's it's just a tough game fantasy wise, folks. I mean, uh, it's both teams are actually playing really good defense, and Andrew Thomas, who turned uh, basically into like the one of the best first halves of an NFL season, you'll see a left tackle has not played very well. Neither is Evan Neal. So I, I would anticipate Washington running the gambit in the trenches and holding Saquon Barkley again, and just yeah, Sunday night football. This is what got flexed. They couldn't have flexed Cincinnati and Tampa. Okay. Or Tennessee and L.A. I don't know anymore, man. I don't know. I just talk about the games. I just, that's all I do. So, <laughs> any anywho, moving on. Monday Night Football, uh, the Los Angeles Rams at the Green Bay Packers. Seven-point favorites Green Bay, over under 39.5. A game that couldn't get flexed out for one reason or the other. Even though I'm sure ESPN would have loved it. And here we are. So... <laughs> Yeah, this Woo. this is just uh not an exciting one. Um and uh and it is it, it, for me this is an easy one to pick. Um you know, I I I loved seeing the Rams uh win an unlikely game last week with uh Baker Mayfield only being on the roster for 48 hours before for going out there. Um and, and he's been, you know, an entire another week with the with the team at this point. Uh, even so, this is a four and nine, one and four away Rams team going to Lambeau Field mid-December, um, and the Packers have uh, finally got some stuff figured out in their passing game. Uh, so for me, this is an easy pick. the The Packers are going to win this one. Um, the seven point spread. That that I, for me, that's a push. I expect the Packers to win by seven. Um, but if I have to go one way or the other, I'm going to say the Packers win by more than seven um, <laughs> playing at home. Uh, the over-under, 39.5, you know, I, I, I'm going to take the under on this one. I just don't think that there's a lot of offense. But, uh, you know, one or two or even three big plays from the Packers passing game is what's going to decide this one. Um, Sorry, San Francisco has punched the ball out and got a touchdown. Um, anyway, <laughs> so Baker Mayfield, um, yeah, played really good against Las Vegas. He'll have to go on the road against Green Bay. I doubt that'll be the case here. Um, you know, I don't think history will repeat itself. But nonetheless, if anything you want to hang your hat on as a Los Angeles Rams fan or if you want to look for a really good matchup, Green Bay is third worst in FPA against running backs. So I don't know who's starting in L.A. this week for running backs. Is it Daryl Henderson? I feel like he got cut, though. Don't know yeah, who, who knows? I don't know They've who had it is such a non-existent game. running game all season. Cam Akers, okay, or Kyron Williams. I they might be worth looking at. I you know it's kind of hard for me to say. They got two two Atwell involved last week. He had a touchdown. A um, couple end arounds. Maybe something to keep an eye on as far as fantasy wise. If you need a flex or somebody good, um, just to kind of pick up for one reason or the other, Cam Akers or two two Atwell. I'll just throw it out there. I mean the Green Bay. I don't. It's thirty nine. I'm not expecting a lot. Fantasy wise, my other team, I just don't know what to say. There's no Aaron Donald, so I'd say Aaron Jones or AJ Dillon, but I don't think AJ, AJ Dillon's playing either. So, yeah, well, there you go. <laughs> just overanalyzing it just because I can. So, all right. <laughs> Moving back to Saturday, we're going to talk about the Baltimore Ravens, and this is our flash forward segment. Then we're going to Baltimore Ravens. That's uh, Cleveland Browns. Cle- Whoa, wait a minute here. Cleveland's at three point favor over under 38. This, that is interesting. Tickets as low as $6, Trevor. I don't know what you're doing on Saturday night, but <laughs> I don't know if you want to meet in Cleveland for a football game. I'm going to take the train to Cleveland. Right. Um, no, so I, I, I like Cleveland at home in this game. Um, 
I, I think I'll take Cleveland to beat the spread. I like no win by three or more. Um, really? Oh, because Lamar Jackson's out. Yeah, there's okay. no Lamar Jackson. And, he, okay. and beyond that, I don't think we know who the starting quarterback is yet. Um, <laughs> oh, they had, uh, what is his name? Uh, was it Huntley? Yeah, um, he got hurt too. He got hurt too. Um, so we're still kind of in wait and see mode to see if Huntley's going to start. Um, so, you know, it, it's, I, I think the Ravens are going to have to play their best yet extremely predictable offensive scheme. Um, this Browns defense has not been, uh, what they wanted them to be this year, but they're still pretty stout. Uh, and if they're going against a simple game plan, I expect them to have a pretty good day. Um, yeah, I, I like Cleveland in this game over under 38. That's uh, I don't expect there to be a lot of points in this game. Um, and, uh, and it kills me to say it because, uh, um, you know, my fantasy team has been really living off the back of, of Mark Andrews and he's just gone nowhere the last couple of weeks. Um, yeah, I think the Browns win a low scoring one here. I'm going to take the under. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't know what to say. The, much the Ravens this. are playing really good defense lately. Uh, uh, what, who'd they get from from uh, Chicago? Yeah, um, Roquan Smith. Roquan yeah. Smith, thank you. Yeah. Uh, ever since they picked him up, the, the Ravens' defense has been uh, – they haven't been talked about a lot, but they've been playing really good defense uh, ever since that trade deadline acquisition. Uh, so with the – with the quarterback situations and the defenses playing the way they are, I expect Cleveland to win a low-scoring one. So this is interesting. Cleveland's one of the worst teams, FBA-wise, against running backs. J.K. Dobbins had a big week last week. Oh, he I wouldn't did. be surprised yeah. if he came back and had another really good one against Cleveland and uh, maybe a Baltimore defensive start. Here's one guy that's also got a really good report, Sean Watson, Donovan Peoples-Jones. So keep an eye out for him, fantasy-wise. So... Moving forward, we'll we'll expedite this a little bit. We got Philly at Chicago, nine point favorite to Philly over under forty eight and a half. I think it's pretty easy to call this one. Yeah, I think uh, I'll take the Eagles. I'm ultimately going to take the Eagles to beat the spread, and I'm going to take the over here. Okay, um, Justin Fields is back this week. Keep an eye on him, but otherwise, Chicago's defense. Blah, yeah, blah, no, blah, Justin blah. Fields being back. That's why I got to take the over in this one. I still think that Philadelphia wins by two touchdowns. All right, the Atlanta Falcons starting a rookie quarterback, Desmond Ritter, at the New Orleans Saints, over under 43.5. New Orleans, four-point favorite. Somehow this has playoff implications. Oh, my God. Can, <laughs> so we, can I say yeah. pass? Um, wish, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, no, so I, th- this actually will be uh, a good game, in my opinion, to watch uh, just to see two evenly matched teams. Um, I do think this is going to be a tight one. Um, ultimately, I, I like the Saints to win at home. Um, they've been up and down all, all season. I think they're going to be up this week. Um, the Falcons were playing really good football, uh, uh, you know, midseason. But uh, I think I think the tape is in, and they've been figured out because um, it is very fundamental uh, football that they've been playing so, uh, yeah, I'm going to take the Saints to win at home. The four-point spread is tough. Uh, I'm going to take the Saints to beat it. Um, but, uh, yeah, in this game, yeah, you've got not great offenses against not great defenses. It's really tough to pick the over-under here. Um, 
43 and a half. I'm going to take the under on this one. Yeah. I think they call it a pop gun offense, right? Just, yeah. <laughs> that's all you get. Yeah. And, um, <clears throat> well, not much you can really say that Trevor can already say. Kresilave continues to impress me. I, I don't think Atlanta's one of the worst wide receiver FPAs. That would be a nice start for him on a flex if you have him. So I'd start Kresilave. Soon to be star in this league. Guys, incredible. Um, Pittsburgh Steelers at the Carolina Panthers. Carolina's a three-point favorite over in 37.5. Carolina's turned around their, their their year so far, and somehow they're, well, play in playoff contention, given the, the division. <laughs> they're playing Pittsburgh, who's going to start Mason Rudolph, your boy. Try to convince yeah. me to watch this. <laughs> um, try to. Yeah, love, love me some Mason Rudolph. Um I like the Panthers at home this week. I think uh, I think they've got a really, you know, I think it's one of the the surprises that's not getting a lot of coverage right now is the Panthers have a real one-two punch at running back after trading Christian McCaffrey. Um, so I I like the Panthers to uh, run the ball, control the clock. Um, so yeah, I'll take Carolina to win. Um, Three-point spread uh, could be a push, but I'll take the Panthers to cover. And uh, I'm going to take the over on that 37.5. Yeah. Ekamokwanu, get to know his name, left tackle for the Carolina Panthers, Mahler, really good in the offensive line. Um, yeah, he hit the nail on the head, Trev. Deontay Foreman's been really good, so is Chuba Hubbard. Um, yeah, Pittsburgh's coming in man down at the quarterback position. Mason Rudolph, who knows what we get out of him? And they still got really good skill positions, skill position players. George Pickens and Deontay Johnson. Andre Harris got a comeback game last week, so I, I don't know how to. I don't know. Like I said, try to convince me to watch it. I don't think they'll score a lot. You said an over. I just don't know what fantasy relevant is here. <laughs> I don't even know who's really playing quarterback in Carolina. Is it Sam Darnold? Uh, you know what? That's a really good question. Golly. Um I think uh, I think the run game is the story there, which is why. Uh, yeah, it might be it Sam. Sam oh, yeah. man. Yeah. Um, boy, boy. DJ Moore's yeah, been really oh, good. Gosh. Yeah, I don't know what to say. It's just a very strange year so far. Um, but Carolina's won three of the last four. Um, <laughs> I don't know what to say. They just Can you can you start the punters in fantasy? Yeah, no, <laughs> no kidding. It's going to be an ugly one. Um, well, coming back to two more ugly ones, we got Kansas City at Houston, 14-point favorite to Kansas City over under 49. I already mentioned what I thought about the running back position, so start Jarek McKinnon or Isaac, Isaiah, Isaac Pacheco, excuse me. Um, whereas Damien Pierce is not playing for Houston, and that's all he got, basically. That's yeah, this it. this is ugly. So, um, I mean, I, I don't I don't think I could put my money on such a large spread, but my gut tells me the Chiefs are going to beat that 14-point spread. Um because they, they I, I think they saw what happened last week with Dallas, and the best way to avoid the same thing is to just not relent on offense. Um, but playing with the lead, I really like Jarek McKinnon as a start because um, I think that they're going to go to the tailbacks uh, quite a bit in the second half. So, uh, so yeah, I like Kansas City to beat the spread, win, and uh, oof. I'm going to take the under on that 49. I just don't think the Texans can put up enough points. Yeah, I, I don't need to say anything else about this. So Arizona at Denver Broncos, border war. Alert. Border alert. war. Alert. 
Denver is three point favorite over under thirty seven. Um, it's Colt McCoy versus Brett Rippon. Who's starting for Denver this week? It's not. Is it Russ out? So that's the big conversation here. Is Russ is just speeding his way through concussion protocols and blah blah blah. Um, but with what we saw early in the season with Tua, mm-hmm. you know the the consensus on the radio here. I don't know what uh, what um, you know the the front office feels, but uh, it makes a lot of sense to me to keep uh, Russell Wilson out this week. Um, there's just nothing to gain with putting him out there and a lot to lose if he takes another shot to the head. Um, okay. <clears throat> so, uh, so I'd expect Brett Rippon, um, although it is Denver, so maybe they will, uh, do the unexpected, uh, either way. Oh man. Uh, I, I think I have to take the Cardinals to upset here. Um, I know the Broncos play really good defense. So I, I am actually going to take the under on the 37. I think this is another one of those like 10 to nine type of games. Um, yeah, I like uh, I like the Cardinals to upset on the road. Uh, it's just just the way I see it going. Tendonitis. That's all I heard. <laughs> ten, ten to nine. Um, <clears throat> yeah, that's. I mean, I don't know what to say. Um, I don't think either team has really produced anything fantasy related. The last couple of games, I really don't. I mean, DeAndre I mean, Hopkins I, was not good last week. It, yeah, you could. I don't know uh, what to say about this. <laughs> you could start the Broncos defense. Um, oh, either either one, probably. I mean, yeah, I probably either one. I, yeah, not bad either. Yeah. Woof. Well, what a what a way to end. <laughs> was that our last game? <laughs> that, that was, that that was, was the that last was game it. to discuss. Ay, yay. That was that was it. So um, not, not much more to say here, folks. But listen, look, if you get a Bluetooth speaker for Christmas, okay, or if you already have one, here's an idea. Um, conversation around the, the holiday table is usually contentious. Nothing you really want to hear. Do you really want to hear your uncle bring up either Joe Biden or Donald Trump this this Christmas? Why not? Drown out his voice and anybody else listening with your boys, two guys who don't talk about anything political, only football on this podcast, straight up football 24-7, except when I'm plugging the podcast. Um, <laughs> and, you know, just think about it. Just think yeah. about it. Think about what that would do and, to your morale. And if you're, uh, if you're listening to us every week, uh, you know, you could uh, do yourself a favor, put that podcast on at night, let it play, let it mm. seep in. And before mm. you know it, you'll be using alliteration. You'll be able to describe it accurately as alliteration, and uh, you'll be better for it because everybody about, loves alliteration. Think about how how much smarter you would sound at the, the Christmas table. Right? <laughs> <laughs> You'd be able to impress your grandmother, who's paying for your college education, or already has, and you can prove that you learned something there or on this podcast. So I'm just saying, there's an idea. Um, it's not anything I brought up. This is something that Trevor just put, threw out there. It's his idea to play it at the Christmas party, not mine. So I just want to say that. But for everything it's worth, that we just want to thank you guys again for listening. It is the holiday season. So the last thing I'll leave you with is a little bit more football advice. If you have Colt McCoy, don't start him this week. <laughs> that's, all, that's all I can say. Don't do it. I know you're, I know you're tempted. You're forced, be, or you're, you're trying to force yourself because you're a Texas University of Texas at Austin fan, um, and you have fond memories of him winning uh, or going to national championship game. Right, he went to one. 
I think, and they, they got clobbered by Alabama, if I'm not mistaken. But um, it's not the time to start them. It's not the time. This isn't it. So, and I want to leave it one last note. I just want to say rest in peace to Mike Leach, um, you know, head coach for the Mississippi State Bulldogs, a uh, guy who uh, I've been watching college football for a while. I mean, during my biggest time of watching, he was head coach of the Texas Tech Red Raiders, and they, uh, they beat University of Texas with Michael Crabtree. He was the head coach. So, uh, yeah, fond memories. Incredible so. guy, um, and, and he's he's just been all over in that world. Uh, he was a big part of turning the Oklahoma Sooners program around when it was just in the in the gutter in the late '90s. Um, he was their OC in '99, turned it around. Uh, one year later, Bob Stoops wins a national championship. Uh, so yeah, his uh, his fingerprints are all over the college football landscape, and he was just a universally uh, respected and loved individual. Yeah, yeah, great, great, great guy, good football coach. Um, you know, not to mention everything else that he has accolades of, and we'll miss him. Yeah, he had he had really good uh, um, uh, post game, yeah, post game interviews. If you ever watch those, they're really funny. Um, you know, just very bluntly and like just a weird. <laughs> he had just something weird about him, but it was it was very endearing and. Um, sad, sad that he left the way he did, and, but nonetheless, he has a good memory in a lot of football fans' hearts. So, we'll miss him. Uh, Trevor, do you have anything else before we exit the air tonight? No, just uh, just remember that we have Saturday games. Don't don't sleep mm. on your lineup after tonight's game. Uh, you need to be ready for Saturday. Right, right. Yes, NFL Saturday night is back. So, and we'll be back next week. Till then, we're out.